How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 166 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week's episode, I'm talking about something, I suppose, that's really important when you're creating a vegetable garden, or if you're already growing vegetables and things are not working exactly as you might think. And I suppose the one thing that I've come to see over the last number of years is that soil health is, in my eyes, the most important part of the whole thing. Um, obviously, there's loads of other elements. There's, you know, all your sowing and your transplants and your timing. And, you know, there's all those other elements. And they all have a function and a part. But soil health, for me, is the foundation of it. Um, if I'm honest, I probably wasn't always fully aware of, you know, the importance of it. So I went to Horticultural College um, back in the 90s, and there was a module on soil health, but it wasn't coming at it from the perspective of what I now understand to be the complex world of what they call the soil food web. What we were taught at that time was the composition of soil, and I suppose what the next part of it was testing and then fertilizing, artificially fertilizing. There was a bit of talk around organic matter. And, you know, that was, that was what we were being taught at that time was soil, check NPK and other trace elements occasionally when you had a problem and fertilize. And, now, I suppose, you know, it, it's been proven and I see things differently myself now. Um, to go back to my very original, I suppose, start with um, realizing that there was something wrong with that approach was very, very simply. And again, this is, you know, suitable for or the concept is suitable for home gardeners. The. I had a raised, have a raised bed, but at the time it was filled with soil. Yeah. That was decent enough topsoil that was, you know, taken off when we were building the house. The, the raised bed was made out of blocks that were left over when we were building the house and it was just filled in with that topsoil. And the first, say, year, two years, three years growing in that, we had superb, absolutely superb vegetables. And after that, I suppose I started to see weeds increase. Plants just didn't do as well. Um, there were certainly disease problems. There was definitely slope problems. And, you know, I was putting on the fertilizers and those type things, but the situation wasn't getting better. The, the crops were gone poor. And so I started to realize that this is not a problem with the plants not having enough of the fertilizer. The soil is the problem here. And I suppose that led me to start exploring things and looking at things. And, I, and that was the first sign that, you know, that, that approach is not the right approach and that soil health is actually the most important thing, not what fertilizer am I going to put on my vegetables, but rather what am I going to feed the soil with? And it's it's fundamental it is if this is if you get this right whether you're a beginner 
or you're somebody who has been doing this for a while, if you get this right, then everything else, I guarantee everything else will, will fall into place. And the beauty of it is, it's actually not that complicated. Uh, what has, what has, I suppose, prompted this episode today is that um, Soil Health is one of the modules in, in the online course. So I would talk about that quite regularly anyway. But what has prompted it this week is a, an email from a listener of the podcast who had recently purchased some compost for her no-dig beds. And, you know, it was a commercial compost arrived, I assume, in ton, ton bags or, or bulk bags. And the listener felt that the compost was a little bit dead and was a little bit lacking in life. And, and I know exactly what, what she's talking about because I have seen that type of compost before because some of these composts, you know, the commercial ones, they go through a really, really fast process of composting and really high temperatures turned very, very regularly in order to make, uh, I suppose, a, a nice crumbly material that you get. But sometimes that can have had so much, you know, so much uh, heat during the process and been moved so many times that it actually is, it's not sterile, but it might actually feel and look a little bit like that. So you can get it kind of dusty and, uh, and you know, kind of black. And I understand that. So that, that prompted the, the, the episode today. Um, and that can be the case. Now that soil can, or compost can most certainly be brought back to life. But I suppose just to talk about what exactly is soil health. So we're, we're now all the time becoming more aware of what is going on in the ground and the role that all these billions, there's billions of different organisms in the soil and each of them have a function. Now I suppose we don't need to know the function of all of these, but they all have a function and we're talking about bacteria, we're talking about fungi, we're talking about, you know, earthworms, protozoa, and they all have functions. And then even within each category, like there's different types of bacteria that come, you know, at different times that have different functions. And when they're all working, they actually make nutrients available, improve soil health, and they are, the, the, the benefit is just multifaceted. So you can see the importance. If you can get that soil health part right, then everything else is easy. The good news from our side is that it's quite easy to improve soil health. Now we can get very technical, you know, and some people do get very technical about testing and, you know, getting microscopes and seeing what you actually have and so on. But on a very fundamental level, basic level for, for us home gardeners, soil health can be improved so easily by adding organic matter. And as that listener was saying last week, she, like she was getting this compost to create no dig gardens and that compost is, is organic matter. Albeit that that one, because it has been produced quite quickly, might need a little bit of work. Now, to be fair, once that hits the ground, gets wetted up a little bit, it will become colonized very, very quickly by the bacteria, by the fungi, by the earthworms, and all of that will happen quite quickly anyway. But there is ways of, I suppose, activating it, um, and we'll talk about those in a minute. So really, for soil health, all we need to do is add quality organic matter, uh, and it, 
it's it's as simple as that. If you're adding organic matter on a regular basis, organic matter, it, you know, in an Ireland situation, it's organic matter that's already composted or broken down. So, for example, that is compost that you've purchased or created yourself. The one that you create yourself, if you're able to make it, you know, I suppose nice enough, which I haven't been able to do up until now because I didn't have a shredder to make the, the wood part of it or the, the dry part of it uh, small enough. So I ended up kind of with woody chips in it, which is not nice in it if you're looking to create a seed bed, for example. I have since got a, got a shredder, so I will now be able to make quality compost to, I suppose, to, to apply to my own beds. Um, although, and the, Compost bins that I built were supposed to be built with marine ply, but they're absolutely falling to bits now because the marine ply was definitely not marine ply. And uh, yeah, I have a bit of an issue there. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We'll, we'll figure out that. So organic matter is compost that you've created or purchased. It's um, you know, farmyard manure, for example. That can be horse manure or, or cow manure. And that's strawy material that has and again it needs to be aged so breaking down if you take fresh version of that it's going to be high nitrogen really high nitrogen Uh, and really what you want is you want it to have gone through the composting process or the breaking down process and then you add it to your soil Um, some people use mushroom compost again that can be quite good because it is essentially you know broken down um, farmyard manure or straw with you know that sort of thing in it the only thing with that is occasionally if, you know, if a, if a mushroom grower had a problem in the house, a d- disease problem in the house, they can do a, a sterilization of that soil. And when you buy your much mushroom compost, you don't actually know, has that gone through that process? So I've heard of people getting mushroom comp- compost and having fantastic results, but others then out of the blue having some issue with, you know, plants just not growing in it. And that can be from something like that, but you won't know that. So that's the... That's the sort of danger of getting mushroom compost. Um, there is, you know, there is other, other things if you're in a, in a drier climate or if you're doing, you know, once you get into the summertime, you can do literally uh, a chop and drop. So that's literally taking grass cuttings or taking fresh leaf cuttings and dropping them onto your beds, uh, dropping them onto your beds and letting them decompose and create, adding that organic matter and that uh, humus to the soil. Um, can't do that so much here in you know in the winter time because obviously it's a very wet environment your material that you shop you chop and drop will turn to sludge but it also can create slug problems so typically you're looking for mature organic matter going onto your onto your beds but there is no doubt that by creating this organic matter you can improve any type of soil with the exception of waterlogged ground like that's just going to be tricky anyway. But if you if you have a soil that's heavy, you know, heavy marley soil, if you have one that's too sandy, if you have one that's, um, you know, maybe, for example, I, I had an area here that was yellow clay from where I had dug up a septic tank or and put the septic tank in and there was a lot of kind of yellowish clay. That was improved immeasurably very, very quickly with the addition of organic matter. And so that's how simple it is. But again, the importance of this, I have come to see it when you talk to the best gardeners, you know, the open garden people, they all recognize, they haven't always, they'll, they'll openly admit this as well, they haven't always recognized, but now they recognize that soil health is essential to the creation of 
a good garden, whether that's, you know, an ornamental garden or a vegetable garden. So that's the, that's the main thing. We are looking for complete soil health. Now, the adding of, of organic matter, it does several things. In, in dry times, it retains moisture. In, you know, in wet times, it actually drains freer. The, the structure is better, so it drains freer. So there's loads of benefits there. The bacteria, as we heard there a few weeks ago in the episode with Jeff Lohenfels, the bacteria has specific functions in helping nutrient release back to the plant. So that would explain why when I had the, the original raised bed that the plants, even though I was feeding them with fertilizer, they seemed to be hungry because there was no bacteria left in the soil. So there was, there was NPK within the soil, but it wasn't getting released. So bacteria play a role in the releasing of nutrients back to the plant and, uh, you know, that's that, that episode with, with Jeff Longfield is all about that. And his, his books, the Teeming With series of Teeming With Fungi, Teeming With Bacteria, Teeming With Microbes, you know, they delve into that in a really deep way. For us, you know, home gardeners, generally speaking, you know, we don't need to get into this in any great depth, but understand that it is the most critical part of it. You don't need to understand. I'm certainly not a scientist and don't have any great desire to go down that route. Um, but the the world that's going on down there is critical to the success of what you're growing up on top. So that is the most important thing. And it's, as I say, one of the modules in the, the Grow Your Own course that I'm doing. Other, other things that can improve your soil health um, from a fertilizer perspective and from a soil health perspective, I use seaweed fertilizer. I'll use it both in granular form and in liquid form. And I find that that really does help. Um, biochar, again, is really, really helpful. Again, I use that. I'm using it now, actually, on new beds I've created. The one I use is from ProBioCarbon. So biochar is basically uh, a woody material that is burnt at really high temperatures in the absence of oxygen. And it's very, very porous. And it's not a fertilizer, but it carries nutrients and it carries bacteria. The one I'm using, as I say, from ProBioCarbon is already activated. So it's inoculated with bacteria. And when you dress your soil with that, the, the bacteria is already there. So the new no-dig beds I've created, I've spread biochar on top of that and already inoculated. So now you're adding those beneficials back in on top straight away. Um, I'm also using a soil health spray from ProBioCarbon this year as well, again, for the same thing. So when I sow my seeds... I'm using this, so they're going to stay with the plant for the lifetime of the plant. And for any of you, like that's new, I haven't I haven't tried this product before, but I just know it's going to be very good. The biochar is excellent anyway, but the fact it's already inoculated is, is really helpful. If you want to know more about that, episode 83, I speak to Karen O'Hanlon, who's the, she makes, she's the, the scientist who actually inoculates all this, and, and it's her products. They're really, really, you know, from what I can see, they're going to be really good. As I said, my first time using them, but looking forward to seeing the results from those. Uh, for anyone that's listening to the podcast for a long, long time, you will have heard me talking about mycorrhizal fungi on loads of occasions, and that is the other thing that I use. And again, it, this is for soil health. Uh, so when you plant 
your plant of whatever type it is, the mycorrhizal fungi attach to the roots of that. They create another, basically for all the world, another root zone around the root zone of the plant. So I use it particularly on things like tomatoes, you know, um, peppers, things like that. And for me, it seems to allow me to dry, to grow them a lot drier. It sends out deeper roots, um, a bigger root system. And that's given me, you know, the, the ability to be able to grow with a lot less water, which is obviously good from a disease perspective and all the rest of it. Um, but I just find that you're, you're getting really good really good results from from using that at planting time as well some of the faster grown stuff you know lettuce and things i don't obviously use it there because it's just it's a very quick process and there's no need for it you know but anything that's going to be in the ground for a long term and any ornamental plants that i will would plant i will always use mycorrhizal fungi and as i say it stays with the plant all the way through right right to the lifetime of the plant and and that's very beneficial um, we talked a bit about it in episode 56 with Charles Dowding. Obviously, he's, you know, he's the no-dig um, guru. Um, several books, several courses, YouTube channel and so on. And he talks about no-dig quite a lot. And, you know, soil health would be part of that. But there is no doubt that if if you garden with soil health in mind and if you garden with an awareness of it, not a deep understanding because none of us plan to be scientists, but an awareness of what you need to do in order to improve the soil health. And it really is pretty much as simple as adding organic matter and feeding that soil food web. And when you do that, you'll be rewarded so many times over up on top of the ground, whether that's in your ornamental garden or in your, your vegetable fruit garden. So, if you're planning a veg garden for, for this year, if you're at it and you're a little bit frustrated with the results, then concentrate on this soil health for the next growing season for the rest of this year and you'll be amazed by the results. It is without doubt the most important part of, of uh, particularly growing a vegetable garden, but also any gardening, is to get that soil health right. If that's right, everything else tends to be correct afterwards. Um, so it's something that, as I say, wasn't mentioned too much when I was doing, as I say, horticulture books here, going back to the college days, three, four hundred page books. And you could write, you could literally see on, there's tiny chapters here and there on soil health, nothing, nothing major. So you can understand why there isn't or there wasn't a huge awareness on it but it's definitely increasing and yeah there's some interesting books here or magazines here that used to be produced by the old sugar factory the old sugar company in Cardo going back to the 1950s and around that time there was actually some articles on soil health and the addition of organic matter and then I have some here from the 60s as well uh, late 60s and you could see the change was starting to happen um, where there was less about that and there was more about adding NPK and, you know, farmer funded loans and so on. And then what happens is practices that are used in agriculture tend to get sort of filtered down and made a little bit smaller, but filtered down into the gardening scene. Um, and that's why 
You know, that's why you get these trends and these ideas that are used in agriculture and they come down to gardening. But very, very basic stuff that people knew 40, 50, 60 years ago is now starting to become the cornerstone of and should be the cornerstone of how you grow your vegetables and how you grow your garden. So soil health is is the number one. Uh, the course will be ready in, a, in very soon. Well, it's actually recorded now. It's gone through the final editing and proofing. Um, and then it will be released hopefully over the next week or two. But I'll let you guys know as soon as it's as soon as it's ready, as soon as it's good to go. Uh, I'll let you all know. And uh, yeah, as I say, relatively short episode today, but definitely a really important episode. Soil health, like you could talk about this for hours. You could go into in depth, but we're not. And I'm certainly not, you know, coming from a scientific background. I'm not scientifically minded, but I know what I can see. And what I can see is that this is the most important, the most important element of you know, of um, growing your own food. Lots of, I suppose, there's starting to become an awareness. If you went to the, the Plowing Championship last year, there was lots of different stands of, you know, bacterial type products. So they're, you know, starting to become noticed, starting to become, starting to become mainstream. I would be, I would have reservations about some because I know some of them are, are there, they're bacteria based products and they're, they're being marketing, uh, marketed as, you know, the world's best fertilizer and so on. And they, I'm sure they are very good, but they're not fertilizers. What they are is they're, they're adding soil life, which the bacteria and so on then get to work at releasing the fertilizer that's already in the soil. And it's just clever marketing being used by some of them, but I'm sure they all have benefits. I don't, I haven't, you know, tested any too many of these, but just, be careful, you know, use, use ones that we know, we know work and we know are proven. But yeah, that's, um, sort of pretty much this week's episode. You know, we're talking about soil health and it is the most important thing. So if you're going to do one thing in your garden this year, concentrate on trying to get that right and everything above the ground then will follow. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening and I'll tell the next time. Happy gardening. Mm-hmm.